Now, Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. It's been said, and you'll recognize this as being true, I'm sure you will, that you can tend to overestimate what can be accomplished in a single year, but underestimate what can be achieved in a lifetime. What's the message there? The message is to savor today, to truly live in the present, be aware of what you can accomplish today, make efforts, make pains to go towards measurable results today, but don't overburden today with so much that you'll end up feeling like you neglected the moment, you neglected living in your present, you neglected your family, you neglected life in general. As I told you, I'm reading Johnny Carson by Henry Bushkin, who was his longtime attorney, 18, 19 years he worked for him as an attorney. And Johnny, to the surprise of Henry Bushkin, actually described him as his best friend. He had no idea. One of his only friends. But he said that that lifestyle, Henry Bushkin said that that lifestyle of being at Johnny Carson's beck and call as his singular attorney and confidant and friend took such a toll on his own marriage that he lost his marriage, his wife, his family. It was all gone. It evaporated because he ignored it, trying to accomplish as much as he could in the moment uh, and overplayed that hand and underestimated what would happen to his family in the long run. It's very sad. That is to say, you should have goals, of course. You want goals. You want certain things. You want to become certain a certain type of person. You want to become whoever, whoever it is and whatever it is you want to become in life. So you have to set waypoints into the future. I'm not going, I'm not backtracing on that. Just emphasizing this point. Yes, make measurable results and progress towards a worthy ideal. That is exactly what Earl Nightingale describes success as. Making measurable results towards a worthy ideal. But remember, this is the only day you've got. This moment, today, right here, you have to make it count. Because these days, this day, is what adds up to a lifetime. So, yes, make sure you're moving in the right direction, the way you want to go, but slow your roll a bit. Enjoy life as you go. As cliche as it sounds, stop and smell the roses once in a while. Money, mm -hmm, wealth, yeah, prosperity, that all matters. But without your health, without your mental health, without well-being, what have you really got? Get outside, walk, move every day, connect. Make time to connect with your family and friends and neighbors. Community is vital. Tiff and I are watching this series. We've read a couple of books on the Blue Zones and we're watching uh, a particular series. I can't remember if it's on Netflix or whatever, but it's on these Blue Zones around the world where people have the longest life expectancy, high quality of life up into their 80s, 90s, 100, like the highest population of centenarians in the world. One of the greatest commonalities, one of the biggest points is connection, is community. Having a connection with people is absolutely vital to both your health and your wealth. You know, if you overburden every day, 
if you overburden today with a, with more tasks that could possibly be accomplished today and you keep rolling it over to tomorrow and the next day and the next day you feel a sense of going backwards versus accomplishment versus a measurable meaning step meaningful step forward so make your life along the way make life matter along the way stephen covey used to teach about focusing on what's important but not urgent so often what isn't urgent is playing ball with your kid or grandkid it's not urgent but man is it important easy to ignore easy to neglect easy to postpone but so vitally important same with your health preemptively taking care of your health and relationships both of those combined are going to be a lot more meaningful in your life and in fact if if you ignore them then you're guaranteeing both relationships your health and your wealth if you ignore all of these things combined you ignore your whole life advice well they will become an emergency say love is more precious than gold it can be bought and it can't be sold You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. I'm Christopher Story along with Mr. David Webb. I want to thank Horizon Wireless here in the Homer and Anchor Point area for providing the greatest and fastest and bestest wireless connectivity available, 226-3130. Did I say bestest? <laughs> I did it on purpose. Of course I did. I'm not ignoramus. Will Rogers said, buy land because they ain't making any more of the stuff. I can't disagree with that. It's so true. Buy land. And remember, land appreciates. another book right now by Vance Packard called The Wastemakers, written in 1960, well published in 1960, and he wrote it over the course of several years in the latter, 57, 8, 9, published in 1960. Fascinating. Fascinating. I want to talk a little bit about that coming up, but just uh, what a diabolical peek inside consumerism i guess but not to conflate or confuse that with capitalism but just the overconsumption or the over desire to possess things that we don't even want and, and how we get manipulated and maybe how that's still happening to this day plus how to take responsibility right there in your own backyard it's gonna be a great show pretty excited pretty stoked about the show um I also, I just finished rereading one of my favorite Jim Rohn books, and I thought, you know, I want to bring a little something-something to you from Jim Rohn, 
he's he's passed on now however his ideas and his thoughts live with us today i'm a millionaire by 31. let me tell you how i did it i got three reasons why i got rich by the time i was 31. let me give you those here's number one i lived in america i mean how lucky can you get america's easy that's why everybody wants to come here People haven't plotted and schemed for 50 years saying if I could just get to Poland, everything would be okay. No, no. The boat people are not desperately trying to get to Vietnam. No, they're not squeezing through the fence to try to get into Mexico. No. Neil Diamond says, looks like everybody's heading for They're all coming to America. Why? Everybody wants to come here by every means possible to get here. Why? Because America's easy. So if you go home with anything, go home with that. Mr. Rohn reminded us that America's easy. He got rich by the time he's 31. America's easy. Bangladesh is hard. <laughs> Just take that home. Here's the average yearly income in Bangladesh, $120. That would be hard. Tell me hard versus easy. So America's easy. Cambodia would be Hard. The Khmer Rouge killed two million Cambodians to make communism work. That's hard. America is easy. India would be hard. They got their challenges these days. Tough. America's easy. China would be really hard. Underline really and make a study. It's hard. America's Easy. And now in about 90 days, you can have that memorized. <laughs> Tell me, that's all you need. I got rich by the time I was 31. I lived in America. America's easy. Now here's number two. I found an opportunity. That's all you got to do in America. Search for an opportunity. Take the first one, right? Try it. If that isn't it, it leads to another. One door closes, another door opens. This is what's exciting about America. It's full of opportunity. A chance to try and then what? Try again and then what? Try again, never, never run out of opportunity to try. See if you can't better your life and your health and your future and your bank account and your income, make your fortune here. I lived in America, number one, found an opportunity, number three. Number two, here's number three. I found a teacher. What a grand and glorious, unique thing that was for me at that time in my life. I found a teacher willing to teach me. And his teaching came in two parts. Here's what it was, very simple. Number one, Mr. Rohn, you have evidently messed up between ages 19 and 25. Now, I could understand that, but he didn't leave me there. He said, now, here's the answers on how to change it all, the next six years, so that the next six years won't be like the last six. What an incredible teacher. Taught me how to have a whole brand new six years. First six, what? I messed up. Second six, what? I got it right. Second six years, I became a millionaire. During that second six years, the government was about the same. I'm telling you. Interest rates were about what? The same. The pay scale was about what? The same. Lord knows my negative realities were the same. Circumstances were about the same. The economy was about the same. The unions and their philosophy was about the same. What was going on around me was about the same. Then how come I got rich that second six years? I was not the same. 
I changed. <laughs> you say, well, Mr. Owen, if you can do that, can anybody do it? Yes, I invite you on that journey. Anytime you want to. You can stay the same so that the next six years will be like the last six. Take a look at the last six years. And I'm telling you, the next six years of your life is going to be like the last six. Unless, or unless you want to count on this short list that we call not much list. Most everybody's counting on this not much list. What if all of your negative relatives turned positive? What would that do for your future and your fortune? What? Not much. Not much. What if prices came down a little? What will that do for your future? I'm telling you, not much. If the economy gets a little better, what will that do? Not much. Now that the Democrats are in power, what's that going to do for your future? Not uh, much. Not much. We, got, we could get a good debate going here. If the Republicans would have stayed in power, what would that have done? Not much. Hey, we could get a good debate going here. It's the philosopher himself, Mr. Jim Rohn, on money and what you become far more important than what happens to the economy or what happens around you. I'm going to talk when we return about what's happening in your own backyard and more importantly, what you can do about it when we return to the Backyard Millionaire. Stick around. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story. You can find me online at ilovehomeralaska.com. A friend of mine owns a company called Echo Lake Meats. You can find him online at echolakemeats.com. And we have listeners all over the country to our podcast found again at ilovehomeralaska.com. So I'm going to tell you wherever you are, wherever you're hearing this, go to echolakemeats.com. Order their summer sausage, order their jalapeno cheese, or their hunter sticks, or whatever you want from Echo Lake Meats. You'll be amazed. I just tried yesterday. It's a, a summer sausage with pear. Uh, I believe it's caribou, and then there's pear. It, it is, like, refreshing, which is weird to say about a sausage. Anyway, Eric dropped off a roll yesterday. I was just like, that's all I could do to save any for Tiffany. So if you if you want to uh, keep everything copacetic in your house, order two of everything from echolakemeats.com, the best meats prepared by some of the most amazing people in the world at echolakemeats.com. What's going on in your own backyard? Planning, zoning, do you even know? Do you know what's being proposed, where you are, where your investments are, where your future investments lie? Do you know what the planning and zoning department's up to? What about the commission? There's probably a planning and zoning commission. The volunteers, people that get appointed, usually it's a mayoral appointment. Doubt it's elected almost anywhere. I think this is almost exclusively appointed, but there's a group of people, well-intentioned people, that are making decisions that will have direct impact on you. How you use your property, how your property's taxed, how your property is... Um, whether you get to enjoy certain benefits of a zone that you thought you would on into the future, maybe haven't quite developed it yet, you're hoping you can develop it as you thought when you invested, that's all up for grabs all the time. It's very fungible. 
It's a very fluid state are most planning and zoning departments. You need to be completely immersed and aware of what's going on and what's happening. Because see, what's happening, again, in your backyard is going to have immediate and direct impact on your real estate, on your net worth, on your valuation of your property, on your use value of your property. And this is what's interesting is that what's happening at City Hall is just as important to you as what's happening in Washington, D.C., what's happening to, in Kiev. You've got to, though, put yourself in the way of it. The information is not flowing at you all the time. You have to go get it. You have to be a connoisseur of this information. And I was thinking about it. It's a little bit like going to watch a local football game. Maybe you really want to support your local team. It's like you have to get the schedule. You have to find out, first of all, when they're playing home games. You have to then figure out where, which field it's going to be at. Okay, uh, better be prepared uh, with uh, an umbrella. I better be prepared with some snacks. Oh, the seats are uncomfortable. Okay, I'm going to bring the cushion. Better bring a little cooler. Um, it's, you have to plan it, and you have to go out of your way, or the NFL can just come right into your living room, right into your hand in your phone. You could just watch the NFL. Okay, that's fine. It's exciting to watch the Washington Redskins or like Lyle, Lyle Alzado on the LA Rams. I mean, he's still, or the Raiders. He's still part of the Raiders, isn't he? Lyle, right? Okay. Going back to, that's all of my football growth got stunted in the 80s with like Montana, Marino. Um, Lyle Alzado was probably already retired by the time I was watching, but he's still a great figure in my mind. Refrigerator Perry, number 72, William Perry on the Bears, Jim McMahon, Ditka. It's where it all stopped for me. It was, I get stunted back then in my mind. But anyway, the point exists that you have to go find this information. Oh, for example, I'll bet 99% of us can almost recite verbatim what happened with the billion-dollar loan that vi then Vice President Biden in 2015 thwarted that was headed to the Ukrainians until or unless they fired a prosecutor investigating Burisma, the gas and oil company of which his son sat on the board. Hunter Biden sat on We probably all know that story and, and can retell it. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... Uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they, had, they were walking out to the press conference and said, no, nah, I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Memories, keepsakes, and important pieces of your life deserve to be secure, safe, and comfortable. Downtown Mini Storage to the rescue. Hi, I'm Chris Story. Downtown Mini Storage has been keeping my valuable safe, secure, and dry for over 20 years. In fact, I like Downtown Mini Storage so much, I bought the company. Call Downtown Mini Storage at 299-7653 in downtown Homer, Alaska. 
Move in today and get your first month absolutely free at Downtown Mini Storage on Lake Street, across from SBS and Homer. Where are you going to keep your stuff? Call Downtown Mini Storage today at 299-7653. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, where you are with what you've got. I just got an email from somebody about the book, The Backyard Millionaire, available on my website or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Watercrest, Waterford, wherever wherever you get books online or at my website, ilovehomeralaska.com. And this guy said, I'd love to know more about Oscar. Now, Oscar is one of the characters in the book, and Oscar doesn't exist as an individual. He's an amalgamation. This character is an amalgamation of many people, starting with my father's influence, Norm's story on my life. And that's why I dedicated the book to Norm's story, my first mentor. And there was um, many other people, to include a man by the name of Chuck Huff, who gave me a book called The Buy and Hold Real Estate Strategy that absolutely transformed my vision of what I thought was possible for myself, being that I had just a GED, didn't really hold out a lot of hope for myself as being able or capable of really growing a business, growing wealth, and he changed my mind on that with that singular book, that gift that um, I still feel I owe him for. And another guy actually called Oscar Hochold, who was a, a an apartment building owner that Tiffany and I managed his um, 16 unit apartment building and then a couple of other properties for him. And he was a, of great influence and his name just happened to lend itself really well to this curmudgeon type character that I needed for the book. But he's really an amalgam of a lot of people. And throughout the book, I've peppered quotes and sayings and, and books and people that have influenced me to include Zig Ziglar. And we opened the show today talking about like, what really matters to you? You know, are you sure? Have you underestimated what you can achieve in a lifetime because you've overestimated what you can accomplish in a day? And then you get disgruntled, you get disheartened, you get disenchanted, you get dis, this, and then this, and then that. <laughs> oh, maybe I need a little bit more Captain's Coffee. Oh, captainscoffee.com. Did he just do a commercial in the middle of his presentation on goal setting? Yes, he did. Zig Ziglar is probably one of the greatest masters that ever spoke about setting goals. And he said a few things you need to know. Be specific and clear with your goals. And and I took from that and created my dad analogy, which is to acronym, which is to define, act, and decide. So you must define. That's direct from Zig. You got to set clear, specific goals. This could be, by the way, health, wealth, or relational. This is about your prosperity. This is about life in general. Set very clear goals. Write down your goals, the written word. You know, the what do they say? The weakest of ink is better than the best of memories. You've got to write it down. Not only will you go back and see it, but it prints, imprints on your mind something completely different when you write down what it is you want to do, who do you want to become, where do you want to go, your plan. Put it in writing. And then break those goals down. You know, if you get the, this big goal, break it down into achievable, measurable bites. The old adage about eating an elephant one bite at a time. That's how you do it. That's how I write books. The, I mean, I, if the last book I, I just published, The Watchman, it's 50 plus thousand words. 
one word at a time, but I had daily measurable word count goals when I was writing. And it's just, it's the only way to do it. You've got to break it down into something that's measurable and in small actions that you can actually take, you know, take these steps every single day, every week, once a month, whatever it is. And then the, the, the fourth piece of advice that I would share with you from Zig Ziglar on goal setting is maybe fundamentally the most important. Stay committed and stay consistent. Committed means persistence. It ain't all going to happen tomorrow. It takes time. This is one of the things that I'm working with a lot of young people right now on wealth building, on becoming an investor. And my goal is 2,000 every two years. I want to help 2,000 people every two years become a backyard millionaire. Guess what? It may be year three or four before you make that big investment where you see the light at the end of the tunnel because it takes time. We need to work on a lot of different things as we self-improve, as we move towards a goal. There's a lot of things we have to do. and It takes commitment and then consistency. Doing the same thing over and over again towards a goal that you want. And that, if that could be learning the market, well, it takes consistency. You have to stay with it. You have to pay attention and you have to be persistent, which means you have to be committed. I'm going to talk about this book I'm reading right now called The Wastemakers. I'm calling this segment Waste Not What What? <laughs> and then negotiate this when we return to the Backyard Millionaire. Stick around. You don't get rich by making money, said David Schumacher. You don't get rich by making money. You get rich by wisely managing the money you do make. That is worth writing down. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, Where You Are with What You've Got. I'm Chris Story. It's time now for Waste Not What What? <laughs> it again. It's funny because you were expecting Waste Not What Not. And I'm taking it to, I'm up-leveling you to a, a level of hipness that's I hope you can appreciate because I am trying desperately to make you hip. All right. Waste not what, what? <laughs> so I'm reading this book written in 1960 by, again, written probably 57, 58, and then published in 60. Anyway, so it's by Vance Packard, who's written some seminal works, including Ultra Rich, Hidden Persuaders, um, I, th I got another one or two of his books. I love his writing. I love the way he thinks. He was sort of an early, like now you see Malcolm Gladwell and people like that that are, um, but, but Malcolm obviously has a political agenda, which is unfortunate because some of his early work, like The Outliers and um, Tipping Point, I thought were fantastic. And he seems to be moving a little bit um, more political. But anyway, um, Vance Packard's talking about consumerism. And that it, it truly was not, and he's documenting that consumerism as we know it today was not a natural course. It wasn't something we were naturally built for. People had to be sold this stuff, this extra stuff. And no, I'm not anti-capitalist. I'm not anti-free market. It's to the contrary. It's to be aware that, that I mean, we can all agree, I think, on pollution, that pollution is bad, that we do not want to see. I mean, like, for example, I am so tired of products 
like a little tiny thing you get, and it's surrounded by this massive cage of plastic. It's ridiculous. But that's not the kind of waste that his book is focused on. That's a kind of waste, and that's the kind of pollution that only you and I can do something about. You're probably never going to get a company, ever see a company that's going to go, oh, okay, well, we, we have this action figure and we want to advantage it in a way that it's standing in a particular position. Oh, we have to encase it in this plastic sealed thing, whatever, and, and just like it's just all this pack that just gets pitched instantly and it's going to be in the landfill for the next thousand years. So, I mean, that's, okay, that's pollution. Consumerism meaning that you, let's just say you go buy uh, a pretty rough area. Well, pick an area. Pick Spinard in Anchorage, Alaska. And you go buy a, an apartment building. Okay, maybe it's 30, 40, 100 unit apartment building. And it's not well kept, maybe. It's in a bit of a seedy area, a bit of a crime. Uh, some, you know, is that a prostitute over there? I think so. Yeah, get some drugs over here. People sleeping under cardboard over there. And you'll see big old beautiful leased vehicles there that's consumerism that's not wealth building that that this mistake between being sold a lifestyle that is beyond your means versus teaching the means with which to attain any lifestyle you want and and that's what i say i think we've been sold and told a bill of goods about gold about what it is to to have like what it means like for example let me see if I can find it. Here we go. Still give our friends some good news? All right. It's this. Right now is a wonderful time to buy a GE 2-in-1 refrigerator food fridge. This is 1950. These are like this one. You see, this time of year, trade-ins are unusually good. So good, the trade-in allowance will probably cover the down payment. And honestly, you don't know what you've been missing until you get this wonderful GE combination. We didn't. We didn't have this separate freezer section with a separate door and a freezing system all its own. Do you know that this holds 70 pounds of frozen foods at zero cold? We didn't have all this storage space in the door. Or conveniences like a butter conditioner, sliding shelves. You know what I just love about RGE? Because of the moist cold refrigeration, you never have to cover dishes. And you don't have to defrost because frost never forms. Not even that much frost from a tiny ice cube. Not at all. See your GE dealer about his liberal allowance and credit terms. You'll be glad you did. Just take those old records off the shelf. So consumerism is having beyond your means versus expanding your means. And this is not to say that the refrigeration isn't a wonderful asset. Of course it is. I mean, our sanitation and the life of, of, of that we enjoy today and healthier lifestyle that we all have access to today, of course, innovations and all, oh, that's wonderful. And, and this isn't to say that that's wrong. The, the question is, what are we buying and who is doing the selling? Who is actually selling us on our way of life? And I want that to be you. I want you to make the determination and the decisions, not Facebook, not Google, not, well, I'll just call it Alphabet because I was going to say YouTube, but that's owned by Google. WhatsApp, owned by Facebook. I mean, all of these things are gathering data to then target you back and sell you things you do not need. 
maybe do not want to, or maybe worse yet, cannot afford, but could put it on credit. Robert Kiyosaki traveled the country talking about, and in his great book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the difference between good debt and bad debt. And they're encouraging here in 1950, don't worry about not being able to afford this refrigerator. Uh, we'll put it on, we'll finance it for you. That's bad debt. Good debt is, hey, let's get this income property. Let's get you a home. Let's get you into something that is going to become an asset for you or will be in the asset column versus the liability column. There's a big difference. Warren Buffett, for example, famously drives, what is it, a Volvo or Mercedes, whatever he's got. It's like 30 years old. Oh, it was top of the line when he bought it, of course, but great because now he's had it for 30 years. He doesn't see his lifestyle as being having to have the latest and the greatest. Like, I'm getting ready to get a new phone. I honestly, I got to be honest with you, I don't know what they cost. I don't have, I think it's going to be somewhere about a thousand bucks for my new iPhone uh, because this one I've had for about coming up on eight years and the screen's been cracked for the last eight months, maybe nine months. My finger, my index finger on my right hand is calloused over because of the cracks on the screen that it's constantly being paper cut and you know what I mean, glass cut. And so it's really calloused over. So I could do like a one finger punch like Bruce Lee and just probably take somebody out. One inch punch, I think is actually what he had. But anyway, you get my drift that, um, we are, oh, we got to have the newest phone. What well, could be 12, 1400 bucks. Are you sure? Are you sure this one won't work for a while longer? So what is your lifestyle? The lifestyle of the rich and famous? Not so much. Um, I think it's truly the lifestyle that is worth emulating is one of contribution, one of service, one of providing more in use value than you take in cash value. And just simply repeat, money is absolutely part of a healthy, wealthy life, an abundant life. Absolutely. I have no complaints about that at all. But as we've talked about so many times here, wealth without health, wealth without relationships, wealth without closeness or community or sense of connection. Well, what do you really have? Not a lot. When your legs don't work like they used to before And I can't sweep you off of your feet Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks? Darling, I will be loving you till we're 70. You know, I'm always talking about living like you're selling. Well, we've got a commercial property. We're getting ready to live like we're selling at this commercial property. Last year, I'll confess to you, if you promise not to tell anybody, I went cheap, I bought a used heater, I wanted to go the cheap route, I thought, oh, this will be great, and and it will, oh, it'll be great, it'll be fun. No, it wasn't, it's been awful, and I will tell you that I could have saved, coming up on 60%, <laughs> what I will ultimately spend if I simply gone to vbsheating.com, vbsheating.com, serving Alaska for over 20 years, keeping you warm all year. Also, they've got wood stoves, the green egg grills, pizza ovens, amazing products, including Toyo's sales and service at vbsheating.com. Don't do what I did. 
Just, just, just get what you need. Get the best at vbsheating.com. When my head's all but gone and my memory fades. Speaking of when my hair's finally gone, <clears throat> we were picking potatoes. No, excuse me. I keep saying that. Digging potatoes. I don't know why. You don't pick a potato. You dig potatoes. Anyway, we were digging potatoes over at my dad's garden the other day. And somebody took some pictures. And so I've got um, little Kai Martin. He's nine. Austin's 14 almost 15 and then William is three and so the little grandsons are all running around you know helping dig up the potatoes and I was bent over a row of potatoes and I was I was pulling the plant or digging it I don't remember which but somebody took a picture and then I was looking at it later they texted it around to the family and I thought uh, for a second I'm not kidding you for a second I thought who's that who's that guy I, I don't remember it was me and you could see the back of my head and how much balding I'm going to is just it's like I never see it and then I saw it and I was like that's not me it's unbelievable why does Tiffany still love me the baby now it's cruel having had thick luscious hair my entire life to now be losing at least where I can't see it though when I look in the mirror I'm like yeah <laughs> right on I've still got a head of hair but just don't look behind you're listening to the backyard millionaire coming up what does the market need why isn't that property selling and negotiate this stick around You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. This week's deal of the decade is actually just how to find the deal of the decade. I told my grandsons and my granddaughter the other day, I don't care what you learn in school as long as you learn to learn. That's more important. How to learn is far more important than probably what you're going to learn. Now, obviously, that's a bit hyper hyperbolic but you get what i'm saying it's important how you learn is going to affect the rest of your life well how you look for the deal of the decade is so important got to find a way to look for the deal of the decade okay remember this price alone a deal does not make price alone a deal does not make so it's tip t-i-p terms matter fun this foundational what are the terms? Information. That's your due diligence. That's not just due diligence about the property, inspecting, and so forth. But where's the community going? Let's just say you get an incredible buy on a property, but you're the only one that doesn't know the highway's about to be rerouted, and that's going to turn into a ghost town. Your commercial property is going to be vacant forever. So what mat- What does it matter? That's like sending uh, an, an Eskimo, uh, you know, a Ferrari or something. It doesn't matter. There's no roads. Okay, so the price alone, a good deal, does not make. Uh, information, again, is a hugely important. But terms, we cannot skip over this enough. I mean, or go over it enough. Terms matter so much. You'll recall from the book, The Buy and Hold Real Estate Strategy, David Schumacher outlines a deal he put together. At a, he didn't even ask for a dollar discount on the price because the seller was willing to hold the note for 15 years at 0% interest. David Schumacher being a licensed real estate agent in California and a licensed bonded appraiser 
started to feel a twinge of guilt and he went to the seller and he said, you know, I know you've signed this. I know we have this deal, but are you aware of how much money you're losing and not collecting any interest? I mean, it really makes your price, it's diminished. It pales in comparison to what you could have otherwise made if you had collected interest. And he said, I do not care. The seller said, I do not care. I am going to, the minute this closes, I'm going to call my brother-in-law in Maine and he told me I could never get this price and I'm going to tell him I got it. Okay, <laughs> then the price, why negotiate the price when you're getting the interest for free? Now that's, I mean, is that probably ever going to happen again? Maybe not, but what a great story to illustrate how important terms are. Terms matter more than price alone. Information and terms together are more important than the price. You know what adds two kinds of value to real estate? Pavement, that's what. Your property grows in value and you get use value. So why wait to sell? Add two kinds of value right now. Dutch Boy paved my driveway and to be honest, we can't believe we ever lived without it. That's use value. When we go to sell, because one day we will, the market's gonna pay us back for the pavement. Call Dutch Boy for your free estimate today and get two kinds of value tomorrow. Dutch Boy Landscaping, your paving pro at 235-7140. No more rolling stones. Let Dutch Boy paint it black at 235-7140. Why isn't it selling? All right, there's a couple of things. And this is something I was just talking to a, a realtor in Colorado. And she said, Chris, my market down here is just weird. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. And she was asking me a couple of, uh, just looking for a little bit of advice, and, and I was happy to provide it from a distance. But it brought to mind a couple of things. Okay, why isn't it selling? One, it could be the price. We're no longer in a marketplace that we enjoyed over the last couple of years where properties, you whispered about a property, and it, it sold instantly. Those days, at least, are on, on the majority if you look at the whole market as a pyramid on the widest spot down towards the bottom, majority of properties, you're not seeing that kind of momentum and fervor, if you will. Um, so the best thing you can do if your property is not selling is really take a hard look at the price. That's one. That's the most obvious. But number two, it could be that you're in rare air and there's maybe a select number, only a few people a few buyers in your market, in your area that might be eligible or desirous of that property, in which case then maybe hold the price. It's a little bit looking back at our pyramid. Maybe you're up towards the top where it gets narrower and there's fewer people looking, fewer people able to with the interest rates that has, that has moved some people out of some of the top tier uh, pieces of the market, not for the cash buyers and not for everybody, but for some. So there is that. So number one, it could be the price. Number two, it could be that you're in rare air and you have to be a little more patient and you have to be a little bit more understanding of the absorption rate. Maybe there's a pretty high rate of, of properties like yours on the market. If there's if you're in rare air and there's six properties and maybe three are going to sell, well, you 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 know you've got you might have to be a little patient. And uh, number three, it could be condition. Okay, if it's condition, see advice piece number one, which is the price. So if it's a condition, you have a choice. You can either adjust your price or fix the condition. I'll give you a real world example. Tiffany and I decided to, uh, I told you this before, but we, we were putting one of our rental homes onto the market as is, as is, whereas needs love. We're super transparent upfront about it. Like we want X dollars for it. 
but it needs love. And if you want to go and roll up your sleeves, we felt we left equity there. We felt we left more than enough equity for somebody to go put the love into the property and they would have still equity. So we weren't trying to skim all the cream off the top. We were just putting it out there. And the market said, no, no, thank you. People did come along because it was in a supreme price point, but not for its condition. For its condition, we'd have had to keep shaving that price. And we're like, well, we don't want to. We can do the work. We can put it back into the rental pool. And in fact, we'll be, uh, what, 500 or $600 per month more to the good with the property when we're done. So the repairs we're going to put into it are going to pay back in less than 18 months. It's like, well, okay, this makes sense just to keep it rather than shave the price till we got to the point where the market would accept it in its present condition. So we either adjust the, the price or the condition. We decided to take it off the market. Actually, we never put it onto the market. All we did is put up a sign. Never put it really to the market, but we decided to take down the sign, keep it, and put the, the work in. We're fixing the condition such that we were to put it back on the market. It'd be a no-brainer, but we're, we're not going to. We're going to take our own advice, and we're going to continue to hold. What we had planned to do was to put it into a 1031 and pick up another property, and then that kind of, well, we weren't sure where we are going to put it. So anyway, all the stars aligned to just keep it. But that is a perfect illustration of... It's either your price needs a fixin' or your property needs a fixin'. Which do you choose to do? And then fourthly, I would say, are you sure you want to sell? Are you 110 per, are you 100% there, 110% there? Or are you kind of 60-40? Like, well, because it makes a difference. Psychologically speaking, it makes a difference if you're ready to sell or not. And there could be reasons that you're not. Um, a mentor of mine in real estate, he was a, a longtime realtor, an auctioneer, and a friend. And um, he, he would say it would be interesting because somebody would be very reluctant to take your advice and then they would go somewhere else, like where they're going to, find a house, and then come back here and say, oh, this old thing? <laughs> no, no. And then suddenly, oh, your advice is then, okay, warranted and taken, and then boom, the property goes. So there's no, nothing wrong with any of this. It's just things to consider, food for thought. It could be the price. It could be the rare air. You got to just be, you know, wait for that select number of buyers or could be the condition, which you can adjust by price or a fixing and then really make up your mind one time. No, I'm going to go more than that. I've probably seen it four times where somebody has picked up a St. Joseph's statue. They can say Joseph, isn't it? Somebody can fact check me on that. And then you bury it and you bury it on your property, there's certain, there's a whole methodology around this. You can pick them up on the internet and you dig a little hole and you bury them upside down and on a particular, north face, west face, something like that. When somebody's willing to do that, I know, okay, they're 200% ready. All right, what does the market need? You're listening, by the way, to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story, along with Mr. David Webb, reminding you, you deserve a night out on the town. Make it AJ's Old Town Steakhouse. That's right, AJ's Old Town Steakhouse. You can call for a reservation at 907-235-9949-9949 or go online, ajsteakhouse.com, ajsteakhouse.com. What does the market need? It's another conversation I was having earlier today with somebody who's interested in, be, in, in expanding his investment portfolio. So what does the market need? Are you aware of a guy called Dave Portnoy? 
founded a media company called Barstool Sports and um, I don't know, like 2001 or something like that. It's essentially, it's a blog that blew up. And um, anyway, it's not my thing. I, I don't care anything about it. I no no interest in it whatsoever. Uh, but he recently has been in the news quite a bit for a variety of reasons, usually surrounding the Barstool Sports. But what got my attention and what I really enjoy is his one bite pizza reviews. I love them. I don't know why, but I could watch six or seven just mindlessly. They're, they're interesting to me. And he had a recent episode that featured a, a brand new little hole in the wall pizzeria in New York called Chrissy's. It's brand new. It's like, I mean, just maybe it's a, maybe it's a year old, this little pizzeria, but it's impossible to get their pizza. So they're spinning out these amazing pies, uh, only 50 or 60 in a day. And this is in New York city. Okay. 50 or 60 in a day. You have to pre-order and it can take up to a couple of weeks for you to put in your order and actually get your chance at that pizza. So you think about all the pizzerias and all the slice companies and all the people in, in New York City. What do you have, like 10 million people, whatever it is there. Do they really look around and go, you know what? You know what's missing, folks? Another pizza shop. No, absolutely not. But you know what they, they have at Chrissy's? Exclusivity. Exclusivity. That's the secret sauce. I'm convinced of it because it's so difficult to get into. It's so difficult to get one of their pizzas. That exclusivity is creating buzz, which is creating a fervor for what they've got. So yes, you need quality. And apparently they are quality because Dave gave them a 9.1, which is huge for him. That's off the scale. Um, but nothing's more attractive than the thing you want and cannot have. So when you look around the market, what is it? that the market wants. And remember what Steve Jobs famously said, people don't know what they want sometimes until you give it to them. So what does your market want? What does your market need? Think about it. Put pen to paper, ask people, ask around. I love asking builders. I love asking other realtors. I love asking people in, in all walks of life. What is, what is our market need? Pay attention to that. That is where you can create real wealth and you can put a plan together and I don't care if it's a year or two or 10 from now when you accomplish it, if you're making measurable progress as you go, you're gonna love it and you're gonna love every minute of building your own empire in your own backyard. I promise and guarantee that. So much so that I'm willing to give away uh, five copies of my book, The Backyard Millionaire. If you text the word millionaire right now at 299-7653, 907-299-7653. I love giving away the book because I love hearing the feedback. And if you want a copy, send the word millionaire to my cell phone right now. Until then, I'm Chris Story along with Mr. David Webb reminding you that you, and I do mean you, can make a million bucks in your own backyard. We'll see you next time. 